Hello, 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 Rebuilt by Grace community. My name is Crystal Layla, and I am so just exhilarated and blessed and honored to be on this virtual summit. I want to start off by in prayer. So if you will just join me and just uh, calling God's will heaven down from earth. Amen. So that I'm believing that what I have to share to you today is going to touch you tremendously. So here we go. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for the summit, Lord. I thank you for what you're going to do in these people, these men and women that are here. Hallelujah. That are just, you are redeeming and restoring, like it says in your word in Ephesians, that you, they are sealed with the Holy Spirit and that you will finish a good work in them. So I just thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. That we are showing up to give you the glory. And we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies. So I just thank you, Lord, for what you've put in my heart today to share with these, this beautiful community to encourage them to choose hope and to encourage them that you're always in the midst, no matter what they're going through, no matter trials or errors or anything, we're all rebuilt by grace. Thank you, Lord God. I ask, Lord God, right now that you just speak through me, Lord God, have your way and you be magnified and that I decrease and you increase and that nothing that comes out of my mouth that is not what your will is in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Whew. All right, y'all. So, so happy to be on here. So here's what I wanted to start off with. I went to the Lord and I said, God, I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to be on the summit, but I went to the Lord and I said, God, what do you want me to speak about? And what the Lord said for me to speak about was my new name. So, cause he said that with grace comes a new identity. So that is what I'm going to speak about today. So I felt led to just begin with this verse. It's from Revelation 2.17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Hallelujah. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Amen. So... Hallelujah. What I want to talk about, okay, because I've never talked about this before. This is like, this is very fresh for me. It is the first time I've ever talked about something like this. So, amen. When, I want to talk about the theories based around the white stone. And I'm just letting the Lord lead, so <laughs> excuse my bumbling. All right, so what are the theories based around that? What does that mean with the new name? Well, in ancient Greece, jury members would cast a white stone to signify an acquittal, whereas a black stone proclaimed the defendant guilty. And so the white stone proclaimed the defendant not guilty. So when you think about that in Revelation, 
God is saying that I've now sealed you and now you have, it says in Revelation 3, that you have worked out your salvation and I have given you a new name and I call you my own. Amen. So then the second theory, and this one also just blesses me, is that there is an ancient Roman custom of awarding white stones to victors of athletic games. The winner of a contest was awarded a white stone with his name inscribed on it. This served as his ticket to a special awards banquet. Looking at this view, Jesus promises the overcomers entrance to the eternal victory celebration in heaven. The new name most likely refers to the Holy Spirit's work of conforming believers to the holiness of Christ. Amen. So you become a new creation in Christ, as it says in Second Corinthians, I believe, um, that behold, um, there was the old, now behold the new. Amen. Okay, so this is what I'm going to talk about today. Once upon a time, you just, and in case y'all are wondering, I do have notes because I just want to make sure <laughs> that I don't go off on a tangent. You know, 40 minutes is not that long for me. Oh, but anyways, um, so once upon a time, I was stuck in a very dark path in my life. And so I'm actually going to talk about my whole transformation story to just uh, prayerfully inspire and encourage you all in your lives that no matter what um, place you are in your life, no matter what uh, position, what um, part in your journey you are in, God is always there in the midst. So this is what I had written. And it, when I, when God, when I asked God, what should I talk about? This is what I wrote. Once upon a time, I went from being a Layla, an individual living life severely depressed bound in the dark to God coming in to, oh, so I went from being a Layla to God coming in <laughs> like a wrecking ball, purifying that darkness and giving me a new name resembling his purity and light in the darkness, Crystal Layla. So Layla, actually, I believe it's in Latin, but I may be wrong. Layla means darkness or mystery or um, romance. Um, crystal means pure, purity. So, you know, Crystal is my first name, but when you put them together, when you put them together, it's purifying and piercing the darkness. And I like to be referred to as that because I am a warrior in Christ and I sure do go after that darkness. And I sure do, as a coach, help people to come into the light of Christ. Amen. And into his purpose. So, and hope. Okay. So, thank you, Jesus. So, this is what my story begins like this. Ever since I could remember, I always had this, it's the funniest thing, y'all are going to laugh. But I had this fascination with black and yellow. Like, I think I was seven when I was like, I battled between those two, two colors as my favorite colors. 
And it's kind of funny because it kind of reminds me of my whole entire life. You see what I mean by God being in the mist? So, so um, I couldn't really decide. I liked yellow because it reminded me of heaven. I've always loved the number 7 and 11. And I don't know why, but I liked black as well. So, this is a story of God's, um, from my darkness, my old name to my new name, to his light. So, this is what happened. So, I was born into my family in rejection. So, I'm going to go deep with y'all. So, are you ready? <laughs> when I was born, I, I was born and my mom wanted a boy. So, I was born into rejection. And from, from that, you know, the black sheep, if you will. This is why I'm wearing black. But you'll see, you'll understand a little later. Oh no, I forgot my thing. Okay. I'm probably going to take like a, like a 10 second break to show you something. Because I want to show you something very special. So I was born into rejection. And throughout my years, like... I would be left at the grocery store. I would be the last one invited to something with the family. I have still not been invited to Lebanon, but all my other family members went there. If you see what I'm saying? Um, and also, it was kind of like I didn't exist. You know, like, um, I wasn't really noticed for any of my talents, anything like that. I was kind of like that middle child. And um, y'all would probably relate to the middle child, huh? <laughs> um, but anyways, so I was known as like the bookworm, right? I was known as the person that was really good at studies, but I wasn't acknowledged for anything else like sports or, or, or singing or music or anything like that. So, meanwhile, I was having your typical childhood, right? Aside from, you know, the rejection. And I ended up, like, I was, I lived in a very religious household. Now, nothing against my family. I absolutely love my mom and my, you know, my siblings and my dad and all that. Um, but I was born into uh, where people knew about God, but they didn't know God. So when I was 11 years old, I think it was around 10, but it was like 11. Um, I started going to like, uh, what is it called? Summer, summer, summer Bible school. <laughs> so Bible vacation. There we are. Um, and vacation Bible school. We got it. Thank you, Jesus. So I was going to vacation Bible school. And um, that is where I learned the love of God. Because, you know, it was kind of super, superficial. It felt like superficial love at home. And it was okay, you know. There was a little bit of um, abuse and whatnot. But, like, when I went to vacation Bible school, I felt as accepted. I felt loved. I experienced the presence of God. I experienced the love of God. And that, when I was 11, that is when I accepted Jesus into my heart. And um, that year should have been a celebration year, right? You know? <laughs> but instead, it was a devastating year. So what happened was, after I accepted Jesus, God came into my heart. He spoke to me, and he told me, the purpose for my life at the altar. 
And then I started walking that out. And I started bringing around my Bible, and I started preaching the gospel to everybody, and just opening it up and, and, and reading it and consuming it and in love with God. And, um, you know, there, like nothing stopped me, nothing got in my way. I was just, you know, loving on people. Many people got saved. It was amazing. Um, but then I started getting bullied more at school because I started sticking up for the bullied kids, right? So I started getting like really badly bullied. And um, I remember at that time there was, um, we were getting a little older and the abuse that happened at home started to happen more severely where there were welts on my body and stuff like that. And um, there was also bullying at home. So I started like, because when you accept Christ, you have this new perspective, like God renews your mind and you start to see, you know, all the turmoil and the pain. And I was very sensitive like that. I could see all of that. So I was, I had no refuge when I was 11, except for in God's word and in God's presence. But I didn't understand warfare because I was 11 years old and nobody told me about it. I was in a Baptist church. <laughs> I didn't understand what spiritual warfare was. And so as I got closer to God, the war and the trauma and the, and the painful moments be became more and more and more. There was, a, there was um, really serious abuse at home. I was running away from home. There was, um, you know, at school there was lots of bullying and like... I used to, before I accepted Christ, I used to be in the popular group. <laughs> but then, but then um, I said, no, I don't want to make fun of anybody. And so I stepped back and then that's when they started to make fun of me. So at the end of it, I was like, there doesn't seem to be any refuge. And I was like, God, I don't know what to do. And, but my family knows about you. So why isn't there love in the house? What? I would stand up and be like, why are we fighting right before church? And like, I was that kind of person speaking up. And basically, I ended up, because God is always there in the midst. So I'm just letting you know a little bit about how God, not only did he bring me into the light, but he also was my light in different ways that we don't even realize that Jesus is always, Holy Spirit's always working. And so when I felt like I was alone and I felt like I was just, uh, didn't really have any refuge, one of the things that happened was I met, um, I call him my ex-ex because he was my first boyfriend, like officially, <laughs> and he was also probably my longest relationship. And so I met him and I, to, to be uh, frank, like he was like the light in the darkness for me. I would look forward to school because of him. And, you know, I would I would uh, have little things. He would give me little gifts every single morning that I would go to school. He'd give me little gifts that um, I looked forward to looking at when I got home and little notes and stuff. It kept me going. And uh, it wasn't your typical person that I, that I dated. He was like, I was like ex-popular girl and he was like the nerd. And that was a whole situation, but it taught me not to judge a book by its cover, right? And so it it was just, it kept me going. And then he got taken into foster care. 
and I lost that light because I didn't understand, like I loved God, I had a relationship with God, but I didn't understand that the roots were not deep. Like I didn't work on that. I didn't understand that you have to die to yourself. Like, you know, you're being rebuilt, right? Come on now, think about that. That's pretty amazing for everybody that's watching. You're being rebuilt by grace. So you have to start with the foundation and you have to, like Nehemiah building the wall, there's things that came against him, but Nehemiah kept building that wall and Nehemiah encouraged the other ones that were falling on the wayside and saying, oh, and, and getting discouraged. Nehemiah said, keep going. God is on our side. He hasn't, he hasn't failed us now and before and he won't fail us now. Amen. So I didn't understand that at 11 years old. And I actually had a very, um, like, I, I loved the Lord, but I didn't understand certain things about God. So when I lost, basically, essentially what I thought was the love of my life, um, I went into a state of depression. I had been being, you know, again, bullied at school, abused at home, bullied at home. I went into a very dark place. And for anybody that knows my story... 11 years old, I got saved, and at 11 years old, I attempted suicide. So what happened was I um, I started eating, I started gaining weight, my family, my siblings started making fun of me for my weight, and uh, I think I ate like a whole a couple boxes of chocolate <laughs> in the summer. And, uh, and then I was like, I was tired of it and my light was gone. At least that's what I thought, but we don't put our hope in man. And I realized that later on my, my light was gone. And so I started thinking like, I just want to see my dad. I just want to be in heaven already. I want to see my heavenly father. So I started researching how to end my life and you know, in every way imaginable, there was fighting at home. There was um, abuse by my mom, my stepdad, all, all the things, a broken family, right? And uh, so one day, you know, I had gotten in an altercation or interact, unfriendly interaction with my stepdad. And um, I was left home alone and uh, he, had, he had hit me or beat me or whatnot. And I was so upset and I had been researching and preparing to end my life. And so I was so upset and I ended up going through with everything. I ended up, I had already constructed the, the pole to, to, do, to do the deed. But um, then I had to write, I had to finish writing letters because it was sooner than I had anticipated. I was so upset. And, um, and then I took the wire that I welded together and I went through with it. <sighs> Talk about being rebuilt. Talk about being in darkness. Cause that's the title of, of, um, my speech is just, or however you would call this. It's the title from my darkness to his light. So, um, so I went through with it and I had told the Lord, I remember very clearly, you know, after shutting off the lights, except the sunroom had like its own kind of light coming in. So I was, anyways, I had told the Lord, I said, God, I know you're the savior of this world, but I don't think you can save me here. 
and that was like that was the way that I thought at 11 years old that's that's what I thought I thought God could save me in heaven when I'm in heaven I'll be free from this pain and I misunderstood and misinterpreted the Bible so so you know I shut all the lights off I was home alone this, I was in between the living room and the sunroom. You see how even that is is just a little bit of God there, like in that moment, like a God moment of living and sun, and there I am in between. So I went through with that. I, I wrapped the wire around my neck. I secured it so it would not fail. I had written out my letters, and I went through with it. And... As I was just hanging there, losing my breath, you know, slowly dying, not that slowly, probably a couple minutes in, um, my last thought as I felt myself like struggling for my last breath was, I am all alone. And then in a booming voice, I heard, you are not alone. And the wire holding me up, because I wasn't held up, I had kicked the stool off. The wire holding me up right in the center snapped, and I lived. But this is where the story really begins, about being rebuilt by grace. And this is what the Lord wanted me to talk about. I had to give a little bit of a background story. So I lived, and then I was determined at that point that no matter what happened to me, no matter what would come up, about in my life, I told the Lord, I said, I, I will not try to end my life again. Like, I promise, I know that you have a purpose for my life, so I'm determined to find out what that is. So, after that had happened, my life did not get easier. I still dealt with rejection, I still dealt with um, pain, I still dealt with abuse, and um, so. The more that I drew close to God, the more that the enemy tried to, to come against me and my family. Because, you know, God had amazing plans for my family. So, and God has amazing plans for you. So I pray that this is touching someone's life. Um, I'm the type of person, like, if you give, like, if you comment, like, I like to engage in that. But, like, anyways, I pray this is, is touching you because this is what the intention is. That's, that's what my life is about, encouraging people to choose hope and purpose. So at 12, I remember, um, you know, I was just, I remember, I, 12 is kind of fuzzy for me, but I remember at 13 years old, I got baptized. And when I got baptized, I made a dedication to God. I said, Lord, um, <laughs> Because in Vacation Bible School, this is what I said, like, you, you, you get baptized and make a dedication. I said, I will never dye my hair <laughs> at 13 years old. And um, I never have. <laughs> I never have dyed my hair. So, um, and when I got baptized, that's when things got really, really rough. Like, rough, rough. So it was already rough, you know, I survived suicide, which was absolutely amazing. And um, it really, it really began my life, if you will. But then um, at 13 years old, um, to 18 years old, 
I went through, uh, like, the, the enemy's version of hell on earth. <laughs> and this is what happened. 13 years old, um, I believe my mom was trying to get me to go to summer camp. And uh, I got an altercation with my sister. And, um, you know, it was the first time that I ever hit my mom. So I hit her once on the back. And it, that's all it took, and I ended up getting arrested, and then I ended up, my mom ended up disowning me. So, this is where God comes into it. I was in the courthouse, she had told them she doesn't want me anymore, and um, they were going to put me into foster care. And out of nowhere, because I, I was, I was kind of shocked that she, she didn't want to keep me, out of nowhere, um, my dad shows up. <laughs> he shows up at the court, and he lived in, I think, California. So I was like, what are, you, what are you doing here? And he was there, and he was like, I'll take her. So my dad ended up taking me to California. And this is what I mean about God being there. But let me tell you, from 13 to 18 years old, my young adulthood life, I went through depression. I went through a very dark period of my life. I went through depression, severe depression. I, I was, of course, was going through rejection. I went through rejection multiple times after that. I went through isolation. I ended up isolating myself, I believe, starting around uh, 12 years old. And um, I got, like, I went through addiction. I was addicted to TV and uh, so addicted to TV, like, you wouldn't believe I would I would have a notebook full of times that shows came on and I would freak if I missed my show because to me because of all the bullying and all the things like to me I'd rather be in the virtual world than reality so truly living in the dark and not seeing any any kind of light and so when I moved with my dad, um, you know, there were little moments of God's light. And I thought, you know, I wanted to wear this, this, um, this shirt because, as you can see, there's little white. But there's, you know what I mean, but it's still very dark. And there was a reason why I did that. So there were little moments of God's light. My dad, I went through rejection with my dad, abandonment. He went and he uh, he went on business trips and he left me behind and he left me with a little bit of money. So I learned finances, <laughs> but um, he left me with a little bit of money and then uh, it really took a toll on me. But God gave me a little family in California and so they kept me going. But, um, you know, there was very, very dark moments in there. I ended up in foster care in California and um, so... At 16 years old, so this from 13 to 16, at 16 years old, I was um, I was brought back home and dropped off at my mom's doorstep because my dad had gotten in a fight with his, his um, girlfriend at the time and um, about female things <laughs> and uh, that had to do with me. And um, he was like, well, I'm done with her. And he just dropped me off at my mom's doorstep. So then I went through um, a lot of turmoil with that. Um, 
my mom had, uh, like, there was fights that happened between me and my mom and my sister and all of that. And at this point, I had just been getting bitter. You know, I had just, I think, was born into rejection. I was, anger was building, and I was just getting bitter because I just didn't feel the love. I didn't feel wanted or accepted. I was in the dark. And so I, like, I got in a fight with my sister, and then it ended up that I got arrested. So there's a lot. There's a lot here to being rebuilt by grace. You know, people don't snap their fingers and then they just are, you know, a different person. So I got arrested and that was when I, that's how I, that was the place that I learned to, um, you know, fight back. That I, I didn't learn good things when I was in juvie. <laughs> I learned how to fight back. I learned how to, yeah, <laughs> I have a lot, sister. I learned how to um, defend myself because where I went, there wasn't a lot of uh, lighter skinned people, you know, and I got nothing. I have nothing but love for all types of colors. We're, we all bleed red, amen, and we all are a creation of, of Christ. So anyways, I was bullied in the juvie system because, uh, <laughs> because uh, because of that and so I had to learn to, to fight back and then I did fight back I fought back a little too much and uh, then I had to go to anger management when I got out of juvie so don't go to don't go to jail people kids <laughs> so then I went and moved in with my aunt and my aunt just want to make sure on time See what I mean? 40 minutes, not enough. <laughs> um, then I went with my aunt. And she, I was not like, they were a loving, a, a sweet family, but I was already closed off. I was already like done with people. I was angry. I was bitter. I was, I was diagnosed with severe depression disorder. I was dealing with anxiety, all of these things from 13 years old to 18 years old. And um, so I was already closed off from my, my aunt and, and the family. And I would literally immerse myself in books, like I would read books. My favorite book series was Fearless. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny how God works? So my favorite book series was Fearless and then I also... Um, I loved going online and pretending I'm like an animated character. Like I literally just closed myself off of reality. And where I lived, it was New York State. I lived in an area where, hi, Brad, brother, God bless you. I'm just talking about this incredible story of God redeeming my life. So when I lived in an area in New York State, where there was people, uh, there was very small high school, very small. I'm telling you like 200 people in the, in the high school. And they all were connected with my cousins. My cousins were like very, very popular in this high school. And um, they, the big thing in this high school was not sports. It was plays, believe it or not, which I thought was pretty, pretty fun. <laughs> 
But, um, but I had maybe one or two friends in the whole high school. And um, only people that would just relate with my, my depression, relate with my, the darkness, the, the black that I wore. I wore a lot of black. I wore a lot of ripped clothes, you know, sweaters, punk sweaters, stuff like that. Uh, I embraced the darkness. I embraced my Layla because Layla is darkness. And, um, you know, I would literally binge watch shows with my one or two friends. And um, that was literally my life until my I got in a big fight with my uncle on my aunt's side. And then I was kicked out back home. So as you can see, because of everything that I had gone through, I wasn't... Nobody, I was a depressed individual that nobody wanted to be around. And, you, you know, it's funny because you can't, you can't imagine that now. But this is, this is a result of the goodness of God right here. And you're about to find, find out because I'm getting to where, where so much has happened there. So, anyways, from, I believe it was eight, it was 17 that I either 17 or it's kind of fuzzy with 16 to 18, but this is what the Lord wanted me to talk about. From 17 or 18, one of those two, I, um, yeah, I moved back with my mom. Uh, no, no, no. Yep. Something along those lines. And then I think what happened, if I recall correctly, although this is, this is quite hard to recall some instances when you go through a lot in your life and you have to recall it. So I was with my mom and I believe that it was at that point that I went into foster care. So from 17 to 19, I was in foster care. And by age 23, just to give you a good idea of how many times I moved, by age 21, sorry, I had moved 23 times. So as you could see, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. I didn't feel wanted. I didn't feel loved. Um, I believe he was at 18 years old. I was in foster care with um, a foster mom that was I, I finally uh, loved and, and was, you know, that loved me back. And, but I was so depressed. And so she had another foster uh, girl there and, and uh, her, her daughter. And, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about this because it's like there's so much here. But anyways, she had a foster daughter that um, could not stand me <laughs> because I was so depressing like every time someone would talk about something positive, she had such a delightful daughter, uh, like blood daughter, that was a believer in Christ. You see how God it comes into the mix of the stories. She was a believer in Christ, and uh, she would always tell me something positive. This is amazing. It's I, she'd be like, God is so good. Um, we have food on our table, and I'd be like, but it's raining out. <laughs> and then she'd be like, she'd be like you did great on that test. And they're like, I only got a B. Like that's literally because I was just so bound.
by depression. And so my my um, foster sister got ended up getting pregnant. I think she was 16. She ended up getting pregnant. And she told my foster mom, she said, um, I don't want to live with her. She pointed at me. She's like, I don't want to live with her. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to um, stress me out in the baby. So my foster mom actually agreed and, and had me removed from the home to go to a different foster home. So I want, I'm saying this to give you a good image of how dark and depressed and just bound and hurt and um, just isolated and just miserable of a person that I was when this happened. So then I went into a different foster home. And once again, one of the things that always resonated with me was I never could un unpack my bags because I always felt like I was going to leave. But sometimes, you know, um, we need to understand, because I didn't understand, that a lot of what I went through was due to unforgiveness to my family and to myself. And it was also due to me not knowing who I am, not knowing whose I am, my identity in Christ, the truth. Like, I believed a lie, and I was bombarded by just um, abuse from the enemy that I didn't even know because I, I allowed it. I, I said yes, and I welcomed it in because I didn't understand just how precious that I was. But God showed me. But God didn't show me in a comfortable way. So I'm going to get you. I'm going to get to that. So... At 18 years old, on my 18th birthday, I um, I had a friend that introduced me to, I think it was like when I was 17, um, a boy, and uh, said, you need to start dating again. Like, do you like guys? And I'm like, yeah. And so she introduced me to this, to this man, and uh, I ended up getting in a relationship with him, or, you know, dating him, if you will. And uh, on my 18th birthday, I decided that I was going to go to his home and he cooked up like surf and turf and, and steak and all that and lobster. It was delicious. But on my 18th birthday, he raped me. And that took me into a whole different kind of dark. So... That took me into, because the, all the while that I was going through depression, I never stopped caring about God. I never blamed God. I, you know, I kept myself alive because of the commitment I made to God. And uh, I even encouraged people to, 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 to not, um, like, they, I had my moments of encouraging people to choose life when they wanted to commit suicide because it made me feel like I had a purpose of living because I was so depressed and I was so downhearted about myself. And so when I had any friends, I loved on them like you wouldn't believe. But anyways, so I got raped at 18 years old and I had committed to myself that I would not have sex before marriage. So that made me, not only was I depressed 
undergoing rejection, abandonment, isolation, addiction, all of the things, anger, anxiety, but then I underwent shame. I took up upon shame upon myself and I felt unclean and I felt like, well, that's the end of that. Like I kind of gave up on myself. And usually when people get raped, they do one of two things. They either will um, be afraid of men and like run away or they will welcome, you know, men and it will be more of a, a conquest thing. It would be more of a control thing. And so what I ended up happening to me was I, I, I welcomed it because at least somebody acknowledged me because of everything that I had gone through. At least somebody acknowledged me. So I became hypersexual, if you will. Now, that doesn't mean that I was just, you know, messing around with just anybody. But, you know, um, after I had broken up with the boyfriend that had taken my virginity, I ended up with another person and uh, they kind of rescued me from foster care and I ended up living with them. And then um, we kind of got physical and that's when, you know, I became very hypersexual. And, um, and so my life was just getting darker and darker. And I was truly living that Layla, as you can see like that. It, it kind of, um, what is it called? Like romantic or mysterious. I was kind of living out that mysterious, romantic, um, dark, you know, crystal aspect. And so then at, um, I believe it was beginning of when I, at the beginning of the year before I turned 19, I ended up, it all came to heal. Everything that I had been going, going through thus far compacted and became like it all came to the forefront and I ended up ha collapsing. I was in college at the time and I collapsed and, um, and after I collapsed, I could not walk straight. So I, um, so the doctors could not figure out what was wrong with me. And for that whole college semester, I first started with crutches, but then I couldn't walk even with crutches. So I ended up using a wheelchair and that whole college semester, I basically used a wheelchair. And towards the end of the year, I was 19, I turned 19 at the end of the year, I had been working hard walking the fence to try to reteach myself how to walk. And uh, by the grace of God, I, I, could, I was able to walk again by Christmas. So a year and I couldn't walk. And I literally was like, well, that was a scare, but thank you, God. You see how there's moments in our life that's, that make us say, thank you, God, you know? So anyways, um, then I got pregnant. <laughs> so at 19, and when I got pregnant, I, you know, again, because of what I, what I had been through, you know, I was, you know, kind of self-serving. I was bitter. I became judgmental. All the while, I was still touting about God. Imagine that, right? <laughs> Especially when I was in California. 
I was talking a lot about God and bringing my Bible everywhere, but I was like the opposite of, of a person that, you know, a righteous person that, that um, is a good example of a Christ follower. Total opposite. I had no idea though. I thought I was, you know, some people called me square because they didn't understand, they didn't know the darkness that was in my heart. So I was self-serving, judgmental. I was upset at the father. Um, I ended up getting kicked out of the house. I ended up going into different things and I was just, I became a monster, truly. And when my son was born, it gave me a reason to live. But at that point, I didn't want to live. So that was, um, I was 20 years old, that I didn't want to live. So I ended up in just embracing um, people that were like me. And when I got out of um, the, I was in this like helping young mothers living thing, but it was more like jail. <laughs> but it, but it, it didn't, it didn't say it was jail, but it was jail. And uh, so my sister actually got me out of that, my older sister, and she took me into her place. From there, I just looked for ways of getting a job and getting out of the house and who can serve me and who can do things for me and, and manipulation. So I literally like, um, I just became a monster and at 22 years old, cause I had met, I had met a, a boyfriend and at 22, and this is, this is something that is just so powerful. Like, I believe it was 21 that I, I had uh, learned that I could not sing. I was, I went to church. I got my boyfriend to go to church. <laughs> and um, I, I got my boyfriend to go to church. And then when we were at church, like, he was more following of God than I was. And, and uh, but I was so judgmental. I couldn't see, you know, the, the, the grass, the, the forest beyond the trees. Like, I couldn't see. And um, I remember sitting there and I was refusing to sing because of my family. Because I was like, my family would sing and they would like show off and, and that's not, you know, that's not honoring to God. So here I am talking about honoring to God. And, uh, <laughs> and um, I realized that I had bitterness against my mom and that's why I couldn't sing. I actually had a fear of singing in front of people. And so then um, my boyfriend, like, I, at those, those years from 20 to 22, I thought like, this is my, this is my husband, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I ran the show and I was like, this is who I'm going to end up with and we're going to have kids. And I, I was content with my life. I was fornicating and I was content. And, um, but then God gave me a reality check. <laughs> And this is what happened. I ended up getting in a fight with my my um, boyfriend. He left me. Then I lost my jobs. Then I um, I had someone I was trying to help stole money from me, stole all my money. Then I lost my place, and and <laughs> and I lost everything. I basically lost everything at 22 years old. And it was like God gave me a reality check because if he had not given me that reality check, I would have stayed in uh, a place of self-destruction, thinking that I was okay, but I was really not okay inside. And I was not, I was not, um, I, I did not like the person that I was, but I would not admit that. So 
and I was unforgiving and I was dark and I was just there was all those all those things of bondage on me and then I was also just um, a very hateful person on the inside judgmental person God hit me with a wrecking ball yeah can you introduce Courtney before you finish Uh, what do you mean introduce her? Okay, so anyways, God hit me like a wrecking ball. I ended up um, losing everything, and that is when I came to realize, and I hit my knees, and it, I came to understand that even though I went through depression, rejection, isolation, addiction, even though I went through just being born and going through abandonment, I had become a terrible person, and I had become... Um, just, I hated the book of Proverbs. Now I love it, but I hated it <laughs> because it convicted me so badly. I had become self-serving. I had become all those things and I had become an enemy of God. But this is, this is what it looks like to be rebuilt by grace. And I felt the Lord say that I want you to talk about that darkness. I want you to ex explain that so that people can see how good God is that he redeems us in ways that you can't even imagine from from death to life literally so I was there on my knees and I said Lord I said God I realized that I was the enemy of God and I broke down in tears and I said I'm so sorry Lord I have I have I've turned against you I was in such shame because I repented and I was in such shame because I I had lost my innocence. I didn't think that you loved me anymore. I didn't think that you wanted me anymore. Um, but I just, I pray for your peace. I need your peace so badly. I was in tears. I was broken. God will break us so that he can remake us into something beautiful. And I was truly broken. And um, I just felt when I, when I did that, when I fell on my knees, I just felt the love of God just fall on me. He didn't, he didn't go shame on you. He didn't like attack me or, or make me feel worse. He didn't put more burdens or boulders on me. I felt the grace of God fall. And I just, I, I, I can't, went into tears. It was the first time in so long that I had felt peace. And after that, I made a commitment that at 22 years old, I rededicated my life to Christ. And I made a commitment that I was going to build on the relationship that I, I was going to make a brand new relationship with him and that I was, I was going to break free and allow him to heal every part of me that was not honoring to him. And so from 22 to 25, I went through such trials and tribulations because when you try to go and when you try to follow God, um, the enemy is not going to want you to do that. So I went through such, like, um, pushback. Thank you, Jesus. Pushback in, in my plight. And, uh, one of the biggest things that tried to come against me was just, um, this, the, um, sexual immorality, fornication, just, um, the fact that, you know, it was a battle between flesh and spirit and, and uh, my flesh was winning for a bit, but I kept repenting and I kept asking God to help me. I need your help. 
like it says in Romans, like seek God's help, um, the Holy Spirit's help, because we can't do this alone. And um, I just said, God, help me. And I literally, like, I started to, like, I realized that I had to overcome religion. You know, I had to overcome lust. I had to come overcome selfishness. I had to forgive my family. And I had to forgive myself. And I had to let it go. I had to, to release it. So God was literally rebuilding my life through grace. And um, there were moments that, you know, every time that I tried to do something nice, um, you know, I, it would be kind of thrown back at my face, like, why would you do that? I already know what I'm doing. Stuff like that, like, whenever um, I would buy, like, buy food. <laughs> it's like buying food for someone and them going, what do you think, I'm fat? <laughs> um, so, anyways, I almost didn't make it, that fight, for almost every day. From 22 to 25, I had, like, probably 23 to 25, I had um, visions of me ending my life. Um, I had asked people, friends that I knew, if they would take care of my son, if I, if I went through with it. That's how, like, that's how was, um, the battle was real. And it, it didn't mean that I didn't have, um, I, did, I had suicide ideation from probably 13 and on because of everything that I'd gone through. But the battle was real. You just check time. Ah, time. <laughs> uh, anyways, so I had just been working and allowing God to just tear me apart to be rebuilt by grace. Tear me apart layer by layer by layer and rebuilding into something so beautiful. And then at the very end, I had forgiven my mom, forgiven my stepdad, my dad, all my, my siblings, everybody. I had an ex-boyfriend. Um, we had broken up. And, uh, and uh, you know, you know, the true test is when, when uh, you have the opportunity to do something you shouldn't, and then you say no. That's the true test. Well, I told him no. And uh, so, but he didn't take no for an answer. And, uh... My last test, my, my last painful moment was when he had come over, my roommates invited him over the house, and he drugged me, and then he raped me. And this was when I had rebuilt, you know, God had been rebuilding me. And then I went into rage. I went into an angry state of mind, and I had to. There's that one thing in each of our lives that we have to forgive. We have to forgive, and, and, and we may not want to forgive it, but we have to forgive it. And that was mine. I could forgive my family, everything, but I refused to forgive my ex-boyfriend. And um, I finally forgave him. And then about two years ago, because I had, um, I mean, there's so much to my story, y'all. I mean, I didn't even talk about the fact that anxiety caused me to, like, that collapse I had when I was 19, I had again in my 20s. Um, I think I was 23. Nope, I was, I had it first, let's just put it this way. I had it where I couldn't walk straight and I had to use a cane because of anxiety. So, but God healed me. 
and every obstacle that I went through, God healed me. And it wasn't it wasn't through anything but the grace of God that you know I was able to forgive um, the one that had raped me, and that I was able to heal from things that the doctors had no answer for. So there's just so much. And I told God, I said, Lord, this is a lot. This is a big story. I pray that you can help me to get through it. <laughs> and uh, so I apologize that if I'm just talking too much, but this is this is how I have been rebuilt by grace. So praise the Lord. I just want to finish off with, because um, I'm, I'm running out of time here. I want to finish off with a couple verses. And, yeah, I kind of like... <laughs> Anyways, all right. So, God gave me a new name a couple years back. After I was fully healed, the Lord pointed out to me because he had pulled me into You Are Not Alone, the ministry that God has me doing now. I had been fully healed and I had been having a heart for people that have tried to commit suicide or that were suicidal. And um, he softened my heart. And I, I began to not have bitterness towards people. And, um, and basically, God turned my life from being a Layla into a crystal Layla. And so it says in Revelation 3, 5, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. And Revelation verse 12, The one who conquers, amen, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. So I want you to just encourage you guys because I know that my time is up. I want to encourage you that the process of being rebuilt by grace is tremendous, but it is so worth it. No one could ever guess that I had gone through as much as I did. And I didn't even talk about, like, everything. No one could ever guess that. Because when God, when God gives, you become a new creation in Christ when you accept Jesus Christ. And when God takes you and molds you, makes you like a potter, smashing the clay and rebuilding you, it is truly something so beautiful. And so that is what I... I wanted to talk to you today about, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up 
and to the south do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, yes, I have made him. Amen. So God has given you, God wants to give you a new name. And what I would leave off with is this. I would leave off with ask God what your new name is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go because I know Courtney's going to come on. Ask God what your name is because he's waiting to show you that and he's waiting to show you how much he loves you. God bless you all. This is Crystal Layla. I am a podcaster, so I, I can talk. And uh, I am your um, champion for hope and life purpose coach. And um, I help people to break free just like I have broken free in my life from the pains and the struggles and the trauma and it, that and just the feelings of worthlessness to go on to discover God's purpose for their life and then be rebuilt by grace. And uh, I help them lacking in the, the clarity department of their purpose to the next assignment so that they can, so that in turn they can unleash their inner potential to live a life of ignited, consistent and joyful purpose the way God intended. So it's, so it's so nice to meet you all, and I pray that this story maybe has touched you um, and just impacted your life to know that you matter and that no matter what you've gone through, no matter how dark it is, God will, it can always redeem you. God bless. Have an amazing day.